It's, it's not going to be a bad thing, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, welcome back to another episode of Just Another Bozo on the Bus. Um, this week, as I, I think I mentioned last week, uh, we have Corey Markovich with us today. Uh, Corey and I, gosh, I was thinking about this yesterday, Corey. You and I have known each other. A minute, yeah. Yeah, for a minute. Yeah. For a minute, I don't know. Nine nine years, something like that. At least. Like that. At yeah. least. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been, obviously, we knew each other, got to know each other through this field that we work in, <laughs> this, this lovely uh, mental health Crazy and addiction field. field that we work in. Anyway, um, I really appreciate you coming out today and, and, and being willing to join us and tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what makes you just another bozo on the bus. And uh, I'm sure our listeners are excited to, to hear hear about you and, and your story and what got you here. Happy to be here. Thank I'm excited. You, it's be appreciate fun. It. All right. So whenever you're ready, you can just... Where, where would you like to start? You tell me. What do you want to know Where'd about you, me? Did you grow... I, I know you, you've kind of been a bountiful guy for a long time. Is that where you grew up? Is that where Yeah, you so Davis County area. So I, I currently live in North Salt Lake, but I, I grew up in that area. I actually grew up in Woods Cross. Well, back up. Oddly enough, I was born in Rose Park. Huh. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. Yeah, I was born in Rose Park. My parents, that's where, when they, they first got married, they had a they had a home out there. And I think I was, oh, like, only six to eight in that range somewhere like that and then we moved my mom and dad built a home in woods cross i think like i remember right it was about seven to eight if i remember when we moved in there Mm -hmm. and yeah it was kind of like the new hip place it was a bunch of new track homes woods cross was like new hip place yeah a bunch of hipsters living there yeah (laughs) hipsters then you know (laughs) however you want to define that is now what they are but yeah, they they built that house. My dad actually um, is a very, I mean, he has he's had different construction businesses, mm-hmm. and so he actually built the home. And I remember going there, you know, as it was being built, and seeing him hammering things and doing things, and and yeah. So my dad built the house, and then we moved in there, and I went through all of elementary school there. And then when I was in um, junior high. We moved to North Salt Lake to a, another house that my, my parents built. And then that's where I lived, actually, all through kind of high school until I moved out and kind of went to college and, you know, did my own life. But, yeah, so kind of just all in that same area. I mean, wow. literally. We're talking with it probably within a few miles. Yeah, I like guess, so. probably five miles. Five miles, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, I mean, but Bountiful's small, but I made it really small. We didn't move too far. And now, oddly enough, where I live... Uh-huh. I literally live up the street from where that house my parents built in North Salt Lake. <laughs> and I like not even maybe a half mile. So I've, I've kept it small. <laughs> kept it really you've kept, small. You've kept connected to your roots, man. Yeah. I, I did a, a, a stint down in, in Florida for a while with my family for work. But other than that, yeah, we've all stayed kind of in that area. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. So, um, being a local guy, you grew up, you have some local traditions. Absolutely. I don't want to make assumptions, but I think I know this. Grew up in an LDS family. Yep, grew up LDS. Okay. Siblings? Siblings. So, I'm the oldest. I um, my, my parents had all of us kind of four years apart, which is kind of crazy. Was so, that planned, by the way? Do you know? I, I don't think so. I know my mom had some, some problems, you know, getting pregnant. Uh-huh. And, like, even my, my youngest brother, he 
was not supposed to be around, which will probably make him feel really good. He knows that. <laughs> but he was, uh, oh my gosh, we're having another baby. <laughs> oh, oh, the, the, the surprise. Yeah, because my mom had yeah. to really try to have you know our, her other kids. And she thought she was done, and then all of a sudden, my brother Aaron popped out. So, oh my, yeah, I, I was a surprise kid too. Yeah, so. yeah. So we all were four years apart, and I don't know if it was specifically planned, planned, but it's how it worked. And so we were all pretty spaced out. I mean, by the time I was out of a school, my brother came in. Mm-hmm. By the time he was out of a school, my sister came in. So all of us... Oh, yeah, thinking about that, like high school, junior high, those kinds of things. Yeah, it was... So we all kind of had our own identities, but we also kind of knew, you know, kind of growing up. But I was the one that forged the path, which was probably good or bad for some of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the oldest male, the the traditional roles that expected out of you to forge those paths. Yeah, it was... I I definitely forged the path. I was also the (laughs) oldest grandchild on my mother's side oh and 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 tell my other brother that was four years after me i was the only one and she's the oldest in her family oh my gosh so you got all kinds of attention oh yeah, yeah. i was the i was the prince i mean obviously i don't remember much of it yeah. but all of the stories i hear lots you know, of people doting on you yeah i mean i had all my uncles you know wanting to hang out with me because they were all high school aged you know mm-hmm. and and in college and stuff. And so they, I was like the cool pet, you know, like, Hey, can I come <laughs> hang Aww. out with Corey and take him places? And yeah. So I, it was, it was fun. I mean, I was so young. I don't remember. You don't remember it, all that. But, right. okay. but yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was cool though. So when, when you, uh, when did you find, uh, your, uh, when did you find your attraction to, to substances? If, if you want to call it an attraction, but when did you find yourself sort of begin to engage in, it's such a weird thing. Like I've, you know, we I was we were before this we were kind of chatting about stories in our mm-hmm. lives and things and how you kind of progress and 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 I've thought many times, you know, when did this start and how did this start? Mm-hmm. And even when I'm counseling people, you know, I'm trying to help them figure that out. And it's hard for me to pinpoint when it happened with me yeah well and i think part of that is you know is the more that i look back now i actually see the behaviors now yeah yeah much younger that sort of led to something that i would eventually want to address or medicate or something along those lines so we always say well when did you start doing these things you know and i go well probably some of this goes back to when i was pretty young right anyway right because when we counsel people that's right you know because people are always like oh if i just wouldn't have gone to this party this one (laughs) night my life would have been so much better and not necessarily you know i mean chances are your behaviors were leading you towards that anyway Mm -hmm. you might have missed that party but the next one the next (laughs) night you would have got it it. doesn't it doesn't account for the next 45 that came (laughs) right right so it's it's hard because i mean i grew up I grew up in a great home, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I had great parents. Like I said, I was kind of the, kind of the prince of, of my mom's side, you know, and, and I had, you know, a stable environment. I had everything I needed. I mean, we weren't like well off, you know, but I mean, I never had, you know, I mean, if, if we needed something, we could get it, sure. you know, and we'd go on family vacations. You weren't struggling. Yeah, we weren't struggling. Yeah. And you my were, dad... You, you made ends meet and... Yeah, yeah. And, and, and growing up, both my parents were working, mm-hmm. you know, my dad always was a super hard worker, you know, whether he was doing his own thing or working for somebody, he was always supplementing that. Mm-hmm. He, and then at my mom, 
she's always been doing something, whether she's been working full-time or she was a phlebotomist for a while. So she's always kind of helped out. And so I grew up in a home that was pretty responsible and, and said this is right. you know what you, you need to do. And so and the roles were pretty well-defined. Roles were very defined. Okay. And, and like I said, pretty pretty healthy environment. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you don't you don't know, you know, I mean, I was just living life and loving it and played sports, you know, I, I played, loved playing baseball, played football and, and things, things were really good. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think when I kind of think back on my story, when things kind of switched for me is when we moved from that Woods Cross house. Interesting. Okay. And I was, um, so I was going into seventh grade at the time and, and I was older. So middle school, middle school, which is the, yeah, I mean, is, not to be over dramatic, but that's really the hell of school. Oh, I mean, hell, you know, yeah. you I know. mean, that, that's when <laughs> hormones are just beginning too. you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, I mean, is that a pizza or is that a kid? You know, well, <laughs> right. And when I see kids that age now, you yeah. know, it, I just think, oh my gosh, yeah. you know, I was actually, I'm training right now for a for a race that I'm be doing in October, and I was at the pool the other night, jump in the pool, and I'm just kind of swimming laps, and I see these kids come in, and they're about middle school, mm-hmm. you know, and I actually was watching them, thinking, oh hell, you kids have a long <laughs> way to go, like, you know, and there's like five of them, and you know they're having fun and they're goofing off, but I literally it made me think, good luck, uh-huh, you know, you're right, because this is when it when it when it changes, a lot of stuff changes. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no it's it crazy. So, so yeah. So I, I we moved up to um, up to North Salt Lake, and I did not want to move. I was, you know, I had my friends in in Woods Cross, where we lived was kind of like this tight knit kind of community. I mean, it was we lived on this kind of big subdivision. You didn't really venture out from there. I mean, it was safe. It was safe. Yeah. I mean, there was times in the summer I don't really remember parents being around. Uh-huh. Like we were just running around, just being kids, you know. Right. And that was my 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 stomping grounds. So when I said when my parents, by the said, way, you hear that a lot, you yeah. know, kids being more on their own, like, and and of course there has been a change. There uh, has culturally, um, and whether it's right or wrong, there has been there has been this change. It's different. Yeah. It's so different. And and I don't think you know the parents weren't around because they weren't watching us. Mm-hmm. We just they were on the barriers, you know, and we had sure. to be home at a certain time. Right. But, but right. literally there was times in the summer, I think back when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Yeah. All I remember is sleeping on trampolines and hanging out and riding bikes. And every once in a while you see a parent, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. There's parents, right. You're, you're, but there was also an expectation that they weren't far. Right. You know? I knew yeah. I knew where I lived. I knew where my, my friend's mm-hmm. moms lived. I knew whose parents were home during the day. Yeah. So we were safe. I never felt like, you know, no one was watching. Yeah. And I knew right. if we did something wrong... You know, something was going to happen. <laughs> they would eventually get back to someone oh, yeah. at some point. Yeah, absolutely. It was just a, it was a waiting game, right? Yeah, because I mean, we were kids. We didn't, you know, we never did anything extremely bad at the time. But you know, we got into trouble. You know, sure. I mean, we we did stupid things. You know, knocking on people's doors or throwing eggs at people. I mean, just stupid kid stuff. But and if we got caught, we knew we were in trouble. But when I moved. I was so mad. I was and I was upset. Like you're ripping me away from my friends. I'm moving to a new place. And the funny thing is, is I wasn't really moving schools. I was. Oh, but your neighborhood was changing. My neighborhood yeah. was changing, but my 
my which in, which in, in, at that age and what you just described is kind of like your whole world in some ways. I mean, well, not all of it. But, and I was yeah. well, I was literally I was moving into junior high, but I wasn't, and I was moving to a new school there. Uh-huh. But I wasn't moving out of that school boundary, so I would have been going to that school anyway. Right. It was a new school, new neighborhood. I was upset. I had this 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 thought. It came a lot from my friends that we were moving up on the hill. Yeah. And oh. you know, it's like everyone up on the hill is you know so much better than us. And, okay, and then so there was a socioeconomic yeah. piece, supposedly. Yeah, it's like oh, you're moving up on the hill, you're, you're too cool, this and that. So there was a lot that played into it, and it's like the like the east and the west side of the track, so well, speak, and, kind it, of thing, you know. And and you know, at the time, I didn't realize that, mm-hmm. but now looking back on life, that is how it was. Yeah, where we lived, it was it was it, it was like that, you know. So in a way they were right because <laughs> there was a change. Yeah, yeah. there was a change, yeah. and and you know my parents they were you know moving to to you know better our lives and better their lives and they had improved and we needed more space in our home you know so yeah but I was mad you know I'm like why are you doing this to me you're ripping me away from my kid my friends and I'm just a kid and but it is what it is and, and you move you know right and so I started junior high. In a in the new school in the new neighborhood, mm-hmm. like I said, it, was, it would have been the same school anyway. But you know, it was the same thing. Same so, school, new neighborhood. Yeah. So I, I went there, and junior high was fun. I liked it. You know, I um, bigger house. It was yeah, bigger home. Not not huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it was is definitely bigger. Our basement wasn't finished at the time, so really, it felt like almost the same home. Gotcha. But it, it had more space. Yeah. And it was in a new area. We actually were like the second home in this area that so was new being developed. Too. That cha- that yeah. Cha- yeah. So there was no one around us. Literally, there was like a dirt road. Were there still. any trees? No. <laughs> it was bad. I mean, they had just planted the golf course in North Salt Lake. I mean, right. it was bare bones, nothing. Yeah. Now you go there and it's like this yeah. whole new city. It's, com- it's completely it, developed. It, it's yeah. crazy. And again, you know, I'm glad my parents did it. Sure. But at the time, I, was, I wasn't happy about it. But I started school. School was fun. I, I liked it because there was so much variety. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. stuck in the same thing every flipping day. I always kind of did pretty good in school and I mm-hmm. got bored easy. That's kind of a thing that has gone through my life, actually. It's been a, a gift and a curse. You know, I, I've always done well in school mm-hmm. and haven't always had to try. And later... That, it came naturally. Yeah, it came yeah. naturally. And so junior high, when I got into seventh grade, I kind of quickly just adapted to that, that format too. And and about the end of seventh grade, I was not doing as well as I thought I should. And it was because I just I wasn't trying. Mm. And... And so that I know, so seventh grade is when a lot of things changed for me. I didn't feel like I was, you know, as doing as well in school because mm-hmm. I wasn't. I wasn't trying. Right. <laughs> just, well, it's a change too. I mean, you go from, you know, um, elementary school where you have one teacher pretty much doing everything. Yeah. I mean, it's a little you just bit get different. A's no, I mean, and I could get A's no matter what. I yeah. mean, it was, you know, and then in seventh grade, I, I got good grades, but like I said, I wasn't. I wasn't applying myself. More variables. Too. Yeah, more variables. And I was having fun with my friends. Like, mm. it was this new world. Sure. I I met new people. You know, I was so mad about leaving my friends. I still had those same friends, which was funny. But I met new people. 
met all these new cool people and it was fun and exciting and and it was it was good you know i i had uh met this girl you know and and we you know had my kind of first girlfriend that was your first crush yeah first crush and you know i thought i was an adult you know we were (laughs) (laughs) i was on my way you know my way going to school i've got a girlfriend (laughs) things are cool you know so dumb (laughs) no but but there's 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 something to that though when feeling like things are going well in life even though it's simple you're right and don't, don't have all the challenges of life that innocence of adolescence you know it, it, it's such a powerful moment. And then there's these turning factors, these turning points. Not everyone goes through it. Some people coast through even adolescence. Sure. Yeah. And we don't see that, you know, we don't see those problems until you know, like early adulthood. Yeah. Or well, when I was in seventh grade, like I felt, I felt older, you know, mm-hmm. but then, so our school, it was seventh, eighth and ninth grade in one school. That's how oh. they do it in Davis County. Right. So you go to elementary school, and then after sixth grade, it's seventh, eighth, and ninth, and then you go to high school. Right, and the that's the part. that's the old model. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So there's really changed, no but... middle school in Davis County. It's kind of that seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah. They call it junior high. Yeah. So so in seventh grade, you know, I was in now school with with the ninth graders, mm-hmm. and again, you look back now, I look at them, and they're all kids to me. But at the time when I was in seventh grade. The ninth graders were like super adults, right? right? Like, oh, like, these guys are old. These guys are old. And these guys are cool. <laughs> and it was, I had a shop class, metal shop class. They're growing and, hair. Right? Yeah, exactly. And there was a, a TA in the class, and he was the guy that would check out the tools to you. Mm-hmm. And he was a ninth grader. And he had like a goatee, you know, and he was like like the teacher, you know. And I uh-huh. thought he was so old and so cool. And really, I mean, he was just an idiot. Like, you know, <laughs> I look back now and I'm like, what the heck? Why? You know, it but was, from this perspective. Yeah. Like, and know. I was like, oh, he's, he's such a cool guy. Now, the, the weird dynamic that was going on at the time, during that time, mm-hmm. is, is that was, you know, kind of early, early 90s, you know. And there was, that was kind of like. The the cool thing then mm-hmm. was like gangs, like legitimate like like the gangs, you know. So mm-hmm. the weird thing in junior high, like the cool people were like the gang kids. Now I was in Davis County. We're right. not we're not out in gangland here, you know. No, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids that were like gang kids were not in gangs, you know. But but it was that cool time. It was like the NWA, Ice Cube, you know. That was during that. So the the cool thing to be was this kind of gangster, you know? Sure. Sag your pants. A little bit of an outlaw is what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It was yeah. it was cool. And and yeah. every generation has it. Sure. You know? Sure. But but some are more criminal than some others. Some are more criminal than others. <laughs> and that one was. And and what was weird is is we were very close to West High, mm-hmm. which at the time had a pretty bad gang problem. And so the kids that would get kicked out of there ended up migrating over into our area. Seriously? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so we, there was really some serious stuff that I didn't realize, you know, at the time, but it was, it was real, you mm-hmm. know, there was stuff going on and I was kind of on the outskirts of that because right. it was cool, you know, I mean, I never got deep involved with it or anything like that, but that was, I, you know, looking back on that time, mm-hmm. 
that was I mean there was there's people that went to jail I sure mean, there was no there's a there's a certain draw to the mystery there, yeah you know and you know a lot of people got into a lot of trouble with that and and luckily I think just because of you know the way I was brought up and the direction and things I had going I didn't get sucked into that I mean it was still an interest to me honestly because it was it was cool you know but that that faded you know that that kind of faded and by the time I got into kind of ninth grade, I loved snowboarding. I loved skateboarding. Mm. That was my thing. And so that was what I fell into. That was the kind of crowd that I fell into. Where were you? Where did you go snowboarding? Up what to was Brighton. Brighton. So you. Yeah. So my, my parents actually taught us to ski. They taught all of us to ski very young. And they'd take us up What good outside. parents right? you had, right? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> You're going to ski. I remember my dad, my mom taking me up and teaching us to ski mm-hmm. and t- on the tow rope and everything. and But once I found snowboarding, I mean, I I hadn't skied, honestly. So I started snowboarding in eighth grade. I hadn't skied until last year with, with my kids because I was teaching them. But you were teaching them yeah. to ski. And That's I, cool. Because okay. I had to teach them. But, it was, yeah, I, once I found snowboarding... It was it was on, you yeah. know. That was that was my thing. Well, and there's a culture there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, snowboarding has a culture. And at the time, it was the cool, like it was very, very, very brand new. Yeah. I mean, there was limited days you could go snowboarding at the ski resorts. It was like this us against you type thing, right? You know? yeah. And it it, it <laughs> stick it to the man. Yeah, stick it to the man. And it was <laughs> I was always, you know, I, I watched Endless Summer, the surf. Thing, yeah, no, you know, I, I, I love that and, movie. I do. And I always had a, a draw to that, mm-hmm. that kind of culture. And so when snowboarding came along, it was kind of like, hey, I can be part of this. This is the new kind of thing, and we can go up in the mountains. And the endless out. winter is what the you're talking winter. about. Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, yeah. And and it was, yeah. it was kind of my thing, you know? Yeah. And and I loved it. And, yeah. I mean, I, I... You know, my goal is I'm going to be a pro snowboarder and I'm going to live the high life and all my friends, we're going to do this, this and that, you know, and that, that's really how I started thinking. Is this, is this kind of where you, you sort of, as you're getting towards young adulthood, I mean, you know, late adolescence, young adulthood, that this is kind of becoming your tribe? Is that yeah. what you're noticing? Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, that was who I, I found. That's who I hung out yeah. with. And, and again, at the time, it, everything started splitting. So all those like, crazy gang kids you know that they were really getting pretty deep into that (laughs) and they were fading out and and you weren't seeing them anymore right and so they were getting pulled into the they really were the the criminal system or the the yeah yeah the court it wasn't just you know listening to easy e anymore it was they were really doing some bad things and and so that everyone just kind of whoa that's this is getting real see you later you know (laughs) So then we all kind of were gravitating, you know, into, you know, trying to find us. And this it, other it, culture. Yeah. And yeah. at the time, that skateboarding and, and snowboarding culture was it. I mean, that early 90s before the X Games and all that stuff. Sure. We were forging it, you know. I mean, it was, it was, it was cool. It was yeah. fun. And it was new, you know. And I played other sports. I played football and I played baseball and did pretty good at them. But snowboarding, I was, I really was decent you know i felt like i could i could do this you had skill yeah i yeah. had skill and i kind of found well me. you're already an athlete you already you already were comfortable well yeah, and but. i that was funny because i wanted to be an athlete but i'd never wanted to be like this jock athlete you know because like the time no, I when yeah. i got to to junior high there was like the ninth graders the basketball players and stuff. right and i remember thinking to myself i don't really want to do that 
Like, it just didn't appeal to me, for whatever reason. But the the skateboarding and the snowboarding... It's a I different did. culture. Yeah. It's a and, totally different And it was culture. physical, and yeah. I loved it, yeah. it, it, you know, but it just... I didn't, I don't know, I don't know if it was because I didn't want to coach or what. I was, it was just a weird Those thing. cultures, by the way, are, I really believe, Corey, I don't know if you feel the same way, but that those cultures are as predominant today as they were back then. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the snowboarding culture is still strong and growing, and so is skateboarding. I'm always amazed. Yeah, so so with snowboarding and, and skiing, you know, we wouldn't have one or the other without it. And so the people... Now I I know that that's the way it is, but you know back then it was like you know screw the skiers, <laughs> <laughs> and you know now all the snowboards are formed after skis and skis are after snowboards. So yeah, I mean it was it was a good time to rebel against something. That, you so know. we we lear- learning from the the different. I mean, which is I always find funny. They're both everything's a snow sport, right? Right. But it's just the way you get down the hill. I know. And I've had these conversations. You know, I grew up in the Alta community, I mean, I'm married into the Alta community, and so I've had these conversations before. There's just different ways to get down the hill. Yeah. You know, some people roll down. Well, I, right. <laughs> and I remember even then we used to have stickers that say Alta sucks <laughs> because I mean, for people who don't know, I mean Alta has never allowed snowboarding and and you know i don't know if they ever will and so we used to literally have stickers you know and you'd right. see them everywhere and they would say alta sucks right. and that was what it was meaning is because they couldn't they snowboard. wouldn't allow snowboarders yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean that that group of people led me i think that was my first kind of part of what was substances because n- not that that was just because of that mm-hmm. group of people, it was our age. I think, again, like I was saying sure. earlier, I think I would have found it no matter what. It just so happened to be, you know, these, these, you know, a lot of people we were hanging out with were a little bit older. They were in high school mm-hmm. and they were already experimenting with other things. You know, they right. started drinking a little bit and smoking weed, nothing crazy. I mm-hmm. mean, it was like, you know, five people would split a 12 pack of beer, you know, and, and I remember going to some of these parties and just thinking, oh, like whatever. I mean, it didn't didn't ever dawn on me that it was a, a horrible thing. The purpose wasn't about getting fucked yeah. up, is what you're saying. Yeah, you, you weren't you weren't there to just blow out. The yeah, doors. and it wasn't uncomfortable. You know, I again I had good parents that always taught me that that stuff was bad, mm-hmm. and you're not supposed to do it. Right. But then they also taught me that you know to not ever like just you know be judgmental against people and. And to be mean with people, and my dad, based so, upon their their lifestyle, choices. right, right. See, my my father, he actually is a convert to the LDS Church, and he he, he got baptized right before um, my my parents were even married, and so he grew up very, very, very Catholic. Oh, and he grew up Catholic in a very LDS dominated <laughs> yeah, community, right? Culture, right? Yeah, the community. Yeah, and so he. He was kind of, you know, the the guy that didn't always fit in with the people in the neighborhood. Sure. And and sometimes was left out for different reasons or, you know, was told you can't go to this meeting because it was for the scouts or whatever it is, right? And so I think that led down to my to me mm-hmm. because my parents were always like, Hey, include everybody, you know, obviously stay away from bad things but mm-hmm. but be nice to everybody and include everybody. Yeah. And so I grew up. You epitomized that, by the way. Just well, so you well, know. good. And you, 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 you definitely took that on, and were, 
Uh, I mean, that's being open, tolerant, inclusive, all those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah and, and it is. I mean, I've, I've learned it more as I've gone on, but mm-hmm. it started off with my, 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 my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And actually, even, you know, I've, the more I've learned a lot of my, my, mo- my mom's mom mm-hmm. and, and my grandpa, so my mm-hmm. grandma and grandpa, it, with them too. They're, <laughs> they were that way too. I Open mean, and tolerant. They, yeah. I mean, they've been pretty progressive on some things that nowadays are even like, oh my gosh, they have done some of those things, uh-huh. you know? I mean, they, my grandpa was a bishop and, you know, mm-hmm. he's been very involved, but they always helped out a lot of people that, even now would be looked at as should you be doing that or you know (laughs) and so i think that's always bled through don't question my compassion yeah right (laughs) i mean which is strange to just even say you're questioning my compassion right you know i mean i've heard stories obviously i wasn't there but i've heard stories of my grandma and grandpa that again like i'm telling you i mean there's some stuff where i'm just like that that's cool you Mm -hmm. know even on today's standards this was 30 40 years ago so i think my mom grew up that way which bled down to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe they thought that maybe they shouldn't have taught me some of that because it got me into some spots. <laughs> because I used that as kind of like, what? like that would be the only reason why you got into those spots. Because you grew up tolerant. I know you grew up understanding and promoting tolerance. Well, I, I sometimes <laughs> would use that to kind of almost be rebellious in my own right yeah to understand you know what i mean well you know if we if if we want to if we want to buck the system we'll figure out any any means to do that i mean i remember one time in in church we had a a a lesson and they were telling us you know you're not supposed to drink and and you know the word of wisdom and things Mm -hmm. and i remember one of them saying something about um you know you can't even have a taste of alcohol or this or that Mm -hmm. and i remember getting so upset and really it was just me being trying to be a dick about it, you know, <laughs> saying that well, somebody could taste it, and they're not a horrible person, and I, I believe that is true. Yeah. But at the time, I was just doing it just to be an ass, you know. Yeah, no, no, I got you. And, yeah, you're just being contra <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't know if I ever told you the story about the um, the stake president. I did the intervention on with Joe Boberg. God, this is back in. Oh, this is a long time ago. This is like 1999 or maybe yeah, 2001. Yeah, it was with the Boebergs. Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah Joe, it, Joe, yeah, which right down the street here was where Recovery Bridge was. Um, but it was it was a stake president. I went into the hospital, and um, he had got picked up for a second DUI. This is no mm. reflection on anyone. But he took that word literally. It should not, you know, pass your lips or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And he did vodka enemas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, nice. <laughs> Sorry, I divert a little bit into the into the dark side well, for a moment. I'm glad that he chose that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I worked at um, I, I worked in different places and you know a handful of places, and I actually worked at a an adolescent facility uh-huh. that I think I've, you know we've talked about before. Oh yeah, and and we had uh, some kids that you know they they appeared drunk. And we were like, what is going on, you know? And, you know, we couldn't figure it out. We breathalyzed them, and they definitely came up drunk. And they're like, we didn't drink, we didn't drink, we didn't drink. Come to find out, that is what they had done. They had snuck over to a Rite Aid and, and yeah, and thought that it wouldn't come out of their breath. Right, it wouldn't, it yeah, it wouldn't show up, yeah. 
Yeah, once it's in your system, it's everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. They didn't realize that you 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 know extinguish it through your pores and your breath anyway. Right, yeah. So no matter what way it goes in, it's coming out that yeah. way. It was it was good. That but, is funny. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, saying I mean to the the kind of that word of wisdom thing, that is where I kind of got in trouble because what happened with me is I you know would hang out with these guys mm-hmm. and and they would drink and they would smoke pot in here. And I definitely, you know, I, I experimented and I did it, but I never loved any of that. Hmm. Like, I I would do it. Was it more just a social thing then? Just yeah, like, and it was fun, but I never, I it it never in, got me like everybody else. Yeah. You know, as we grew older and we got into high school, everyone started you know partying more and mm-hmm. smoking more weed and things. And I definitely was doing that thing, mm-hmm. but I always found myself being the driver. I always found myself taking care of everybody. Wasn't you know? your thing. It just wasn't yeah, my thing. Yeah. And and you know, don't get me wrong. I I had to do my share of, of party, and trust mm-hmm. me, I, I did a lot of stuff. <laughs> but it, I never. That. Yeah, right. I trust me. <laughs> you know, old podcast on that crap. But but I, it just never was my thing. You know, I had a, I had a really good friend that loved to smoke weed, and, mm-hmm. and and I'd always just be like, dude, for real. Like I don't get it. Like I'd do it, but I just had, get a headache, and just I just didn't like it you know and and so i did like i almost kind of grew out of it i mean about my junior year i was just like whatever take it or leave it you know if if we had a dance or we had a big thing Mm -hmm. going i definitely would go do some stuff but it just wasn't my thing now that being said i took a laura tap And and I a, a, a Laura, Laura tab. tab yeah a Laura tab <laughs> and and honestly I still can't even remember who gave it to me where it came from what the circumstances what the were circumstances yeah and this and this is when I was a junior and 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 I took it and I remember taking that and and again I don't remember who or what but I do remember feeling like wow this what, is cool what's this yeah yeah and I was like high and I was coherent mm-hmm. and i was you know but i just felt i felt good you mm-hmm. know and and i felt like like confident and i felt and i remember thinking to myself oh this is why these guys like to smoke weed this is why they like to drink this is what they must- maybe get the same feeling yeah. you were getting from, yeah and i was from an opiate and, yeah. and all of a sudden it was making sense to me yeah. like oh this is why they love it and just but at the time it was way different than now mm-hmm. you know i mean Lortab was invisible like it wasn't, you know. I mean, nobody in high school knew what that was or right. had that. And even the way I got it, like I said, I don't even remember. It was like somebody that had a knee surgery or, or something weird, uh-huh. and they were like, "Hey, you know, I heard this makes you feel funny or whatever," <laughs> and it just doesn't work for me. So I took one, and and like I said, I, I just felt I felt good. Mm-hmm. And I felt like. And what's funny, you know, I'll say I felt like confident, but I never did not feel confident, right. if that made sense. But when I took that, I felt like, hell yeah, you know, I can go talk to anyone. I can Something hang out. clicked into yeah. place, yeah. Now, knowing how all this addiction and everything works, yeah. I was in trouble at that moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, even though at the moment it felt, hey, this is good. Yeah. You know, I kind of, I kind of found something that kind of clicks with me. Right? Yeah. Cause I mean, if that would have never happened, who knows? I never would have, you know, kind of gone on with life and never crossed paths until yeah. I probably had a surgery or something, but it was in there, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was, it was built in there. just needed to, mm-hmm. to be woken up. Fascinating. So I took that and it, I felt, Oh, that was cool. Felt good. Whatever. 
But it wasn't like you could just call up a guy and get a sack of lower tab or <laughs> go to the liquor store, you know, or Yeah, yeah, right. You had to have a prescription. Yeah, you had to have right. a prescription. Right. So I didn't take one again for months, you know, it was it was a long time. Mm-hmm. And then um I remember a friend got hurt and he hurt his knee. And I remember thinking, I wonder if you got any of those pills. Uh-huh. I didn't know what they were called at the time, by yeah, the way. Right. I didn't say Lord. You didn't even know yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah, I just knew it was a pill. Right. And I remember thinking, I wonder if you got any of those pills. And and so I asked him. He's like, oh, dude, those make me sick. I'm like, Can, you know, bring some to me, you know? Yeah. And so he did. And so it now put me on the path of when everyone gets drunk and when everyone smokes weed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take some pills. You're going to take a pill. Okay. At the time, you know, I could take half a pill and be like, oh, this is, this is good. So I'd get like, you know, three or four and they would last forever because I'd only use them on occasions. Right. right? right. <laughs> <laughs> on those special occasions. Yeah. <laughs> like when, you know, like a, a, a dance came or we were going camping or, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, just something. And so I'd, I'd you know, have them just hanging out. And, and again, I didn't even know what they were called. Literally, I didn't know. I just still didn't know. I just knew they were a, a, a pill, a pain pill. Right. And and so that went on. So that was my junior year. And that went on all through my junior year, off and on, you mm-hmm. know, just finding people every once in a while. It was like it was like getting a bonus at work, you know. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, someone has four pills. Sweet, you know. <laughs> because there were stretches where I wouldn't do anything with this uh-huh. guy. I just wouldn't smoke pot. I just, I mean, I'd do it here and there. But again, didn't love it. And at the time, going to school, snowboarding, skateboarding. Gotcha. You know, living life. I I worked. I, I actually, that was another thing my parents taught me. Like, you need to have a job if you're going right. to live, you know. So I had a job from... You got to learn to take care of your expenses. Yeah, yeah, right. One of the most important things to learn in life. And and again, I was taught from an early age. I mean, I started working the summer before I was before I was 16 mm-hmm. at, a, at a car wash, and which... Was you know not the best place for a fifteen year old kid to work because I was exposed again. I wasn't doing drugs at the time, but I was like, "Whoa, these kids are doing all these bad things." There was a kid selling pot out of the garage. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. No, yeah, really? Yeah, oh it, was, it was nuts. And I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> but I, yeah. So I worked. I always had a job, all the way from until now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I just have always been taught to work, and so I was working. I was doing that a little bit, you know, I was taking pills here and there, drinking, smoking pot here and there, and going to school, snowboarding, and, and really just loving life. Like, I just remember thinking, this is cool, you know, this is this is, this is fun. I lived in Davis County, you know, up on the nice end, and so yeah. it was, you know, we all were taken care of, you mm-hmm. know, we drove nice cars and did nice things, and nothing like... Beverly Hills, you know, but we were, sure we were happy, you know, I mean, yeah. we were in our little cocoon senior year came and, um, it, it became a little bit more like all of a sudden I figured out that people had them more and, and other of my friends started figuring this out too, that, Hey, I kind of like that too, you know? So you weren't the only one yeah. that you, going into your senior year. Yeah. This was not just your thing anymore. So yeah. your friends were, there was, to- there was, you know, three or four of us that really okay. kind of liked that too, that we all we had a big group of friends and that there was, you know, three or four of us that liked mm-hmm. pills. And so we kind of became this team, you know, <laughs> like somebody would find them. We'd split them up for each other. 
the crazy thing what is friends you right were. but the, this is the crazy thing is all through high school i never spent a dollar on on pills isn't that wild because i one i didn't know you could right you know i was kind of which naive. was actually a good thing it was it, yeah. and and it was a different time it wasn't like it is now where if you really want to find somebody you can you know pay them five bucks and get a pill we just didn't know that mm-hmm. and so what happened is it became back to that kind of word of wisdom thing it became that that thing where i'm okay i'm not drinking i'm not smoking cigarettes right. i am not smoking pot i'm not a doctor prescribed this to somebody yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was just sitting in a medicine cabinet you know and i'm not doing anything bad you know my i was able to justify that to the point where i was like a self-righteous dick i mean i was like like I can't believe you guys are smoking so much pot, and you're such a horrible person. And oh my gosh, it was oh so my. yeah, it was bad. Oh, you 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 became an opiate dick. Oh, oh my, I love it. I was That's bad. Good. It got worse later, but it was it was pretty bad because so all that tolerance and compassion. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was horrible. It was. I mean, I was I was just a jerk about it, and. And see all the all the friends that we hung out with. They had graduated and moved on, and mm-hmm. they were out, you know. But they were now like living in their own houses, apartments, living the high life, right? right? Because they don't have parents around, and so they were unwinding pretty fast, you know. Those guys, looking back, but they were cool to us. But you didn't notice at the time. No, you didn't really no. stand out at the time. Yeah, and it, I thought it was it was cool. You know, that, that, those were my role models. That was, like, fun, you know? Yeah. They're snowboarding every day. Right. You know? A couple of them had got sponsorships, and they're just partying. Oh, so they're hitting the big leagues. Right? Yeah. yeah. They were doing yeah. doing really well. Yeah. You know, and we would, you know, go out at night and go downtown and slide rails, you know? And we were doing all these things that, you know, it was fun, you know? And and to, to me, they were, like, making it, you know? Mm-hmm. Looking back, I mean, they were... It was bad. Idiots. Right? Making something. I thought it was cool, but they were like, it wasn't like they were making money. They were just getting like free jackets and stickers and crap, you know? But I thought it was cool. And so. Well, at the time, it is cool. It was. It was cool. It was cool to me. And it was, it was super important to me. And, and, you know, again, school, I was just coasting through. I, I could, you know, show up to, I, you know, skip school. You knew what you need. You, yeah. You, by this point, you you could do it probably. Yeah. Uh, somewhat. Not this is ex- sounds like an exaggeration, but you could almost do it in your sleep. It, it so you knew how to go through the motions. It, it ended up being pretty bad because by the time I got to be a senior, uh-huh. I mean I, I don't remember school as a senior because I didn't ever do anything. I'd show up, we'd find our friends, we'd hang out, mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and go do something. But as far as like studying and taking tests. I didn't do anything. Well, I didn't need to. I hear a lot of people say this too, and have a similar experience, or at least some. Um, that it's like it's like learning the language of school. Yeah, that there's a certain language, and learning how to and learning how to communicate with your teachers. Yeah, if you can do that, you can usually get through and slide through with a lot. But you already had a natural ability, and you felt well, comfortable. And I did, but then I also I, I used it for bad. I mean, I started manipulating, you know, because I I. I could get along with my teachers. I, I wasn't a jerk in, in class. Right, you know, I right. didn't act out. And, and I mean, I was a smart ass here and there, but not to the point where I'm getting kicked out of school, you right. know? And, and a lot of my teachers liked me. And so I was able... You knew how to temper all that. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, again, looking back, I took advantage of a lot of them. And I would 
you know, I'd go up to him and be like, oh, I completely forgot about this, you know, <laughs> assignment, when really I just didn't do it. <laughs> and then, you know, they kind of just, you know, give it in tomorrow, and she'd be like, oh, yeah. And, and then I'd ace it, you know. So then, <laughs> one, it made them fine, but then it, it, it kind of let me know that, oh, yeah, see, you're fine. You can do this yeah. stuff. I mean, I... I literally don't remember like bringing home books as a senior. Right. I don't know well, if I picked them up. <laughs> this is the weird part I, th- I think about beco- becoming domesticated into the educational system too. Is that um, we learn how to? We some of us, I will say, learn how to take advantage of it and do it really well. Yeah. It, it's and what that ends up is it, it, our teachers, for better or for worse, become enablers. Yeah. Because they're make their they they maybe because. We or some of us came off as trustworthy, and then so then we'll, we'll give them a little bit of slack because sure. you know of this track record supposedly that well was there. And, you know teachers have a hard job I I have much respect for them you know I mean they're yeah. they're treat you know teaching thirty plus kids you know and and you're trying to manage all those personalities in high school in kids. high school oh my god you know and and again you know they do. A, a dang good job. I mean, now being older and knowing mm-hmm. how things work and the struggles that other kids yeah. have and things, like, oh man, teachers, I, I, I couldn't do it. Well, no, no <laughs> what, I mean, you know, I, I taught it that yeah. for a long so, time. So I'd get these kids that just out of high school that I, I had no idea how they got through. I mean, yeah. and they'd come into a class and they they had no idea how to study. Yeah. And so I would think, you know, and I, so I, when we have this conversation, I go, I get it. Yeah. You know, being on the other side of it, the, the community college side, seeing these kids come in and then having to kind of handhold them for a while. Sure. I sent them to the learning center and, you know, and there's some great, some great tutors and advocates in there. But it was, it was like teaching kids how to study and, and that's okay. I mean, it's not like the end of the world. But it it is surprising. Yeah, it is surprising. And you're right. It, it has to do with how many kids are in the system. Yeah, and, and teachers. Well, and, and teachers, I think now are more equipped. I mean, they know about learning disabilities. They know about ADHD. They know sure. about all these things. I, I mean, literally, I remember being in school, and it's just like it's all for one. You know, like whatever happens, happens. <laughs> right. I mean, now knowing no, what so I true. It's so true. Yeah. It's just, and if you don't make it, you don't make it. Yeah. And and now knowing what I know about mental health and different mm-hmm. things. Like, I mean, I, I should have been pulled aside, like saying, Hey, you know, this, this kid needs some help with this or with that mm-hmm. because I, I, I could get through school, but I, I wasn't interested, you know, I, I, and I just had no interest in it because nothing a- applied to me. I yeah. remember taking a class in high school, which was a computer class mm-hmm. and they thought they were really progressive at the time and they were going to teach word PowerPoint and all these things. Right. And because it was the new thing. And I remember taking that class and just falling in love. Mm-hmm. Like this is the coolest thing ever. Right. And I had, you know, all these projects and all these things. And I showed up every flipping day to that class. Right. Like I remember like, cause you wanted day. it. Yeah. You wanted the information. I wanted right. it. And I thought it was cool. And it, it appealed, you know, it appealed, I wanted to apply it and do all these things. Mm-hmm. We made business cards, you know, and I thought this is the coolest thing ever. Uh-huh. And, but then, you know, I go to like, like a, a history class or my math class or whatever. And I'm like, kill me now. <laughs> Holy hell. Like really? Like I cannot do this any longer. And, you know, full circle, once I got into college, all that stuff I fell in love with. Right. But it was because of the way it was being fed to me. Right. I just didn't know at the time. Yeah. Plus, I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, 
honestly. Yeah. I was, Sometimes <laughs> for for, for a, I mean, this is maybe this is a, a, a sad analogy, but some in some ways, high school for a lot of people is just a holding yeah time, a holding period before you know you know actually venturing out and, and right. launching. Well, and I a lot of people don't launch in high school. No, they don't. And and you know, I was lucky. I was you know all of us as, as friends and everyone we did pretty well we got through it things mm. were cool you know life was again we lived in this weird bubble you know we had, sure. we had no worries sure until <laughs> my senior so my senior year things uh-huh. kind of shifted i kind of grew out of all that stuff and just wasn't loving it i would still take pills here and there but it i just wasn't it wasn't my thing you know mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends were going other ways, and I didn't want to do that anymore. I could see what the older kids had done. And uh-huh. I was just growing out of it. And I really had a goal to be a pro snowboarder. <laughs> and I was starting to see, you can't smoke pot all the time right. and and focus. Right. You know, these guys are just sitting in a basement, you know, just thinking they're going to be Bob Marley. And <laughs> it's not going to happen, right? So I, I had enough kind of in me to start distancing myself from that. Hmm. And... Kind of had a shift of friends my the end of my senior year, mm-hmm. and but I was torn because it wasn't as fun, you know. I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, uh-huh. but I'm like, this sucks. Like, and these guys are weird, you know. Like, it, it just wasn't fitting with who I am. I felt interesting. I almost felt like an imposter <laughs> because you, like a poser, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, but for in a good way. That, that was the ironic part. Like, I was uh-huh. doing what I was supposed to do, but I was with people. I just didn't fit in, you know? It just wasn't wasn't my thing. Hmm. And so I would sometimes, you know, tell my real friends, like, hey, guys, you know, I can't do anything tonight. And then I'd go hang out with these guys, and we'd just go hang out at the park or whatever it was. And then I'd leave, and we didn't have cell phones at the time, you know? So it wasn't like you could text your friends. <laughs> but then I'd leave, and I'd get home, like, at 10, and then I'd find my friends, and I'd call whoever's house they were at, and I'd go over to their house mm-hmm. where they're partying. Yeah. I wouldn't party, but I'd go there because I just felt like this was just weird. Hang, you just want to connect, hang out. Yeah. yeah. And sure. I felt almost like older because with the other kids, I felt like they were immature. And mm-hmm. we had all these older experiences with, you know, when we were partying. It was, it was just weird. I was torn. So my senior year, end of my senior year, it was about a month or so, and one of my really, really good friends that kind of took me under his wing when I was a sophomore, he was a senior, he was kind of my, my friend that said, hey, this, you know, this is the way it is, I'm going to be your mentor, you know, I and see. he kind of initiated me into the cool crowd. Okay. And so he's kind of my big brother, you know, <laughs> and I love that kid, he lived right up, he moved into that same neighborhood that I did mm-hmm. at kind of a similar time, so we were all in this weird transition, and he was... He's a really good friend. And he went to Utah State when after school, mm-hmm. you know. And so he was up there, and he'd come back down, and we'd all hang out and everything. Well, he um, came down, actually, one night for a party when we were all hanging out. And it was uh, Memorial Day. It was that weekend. And he, the next morning, he shot himself. And Whoa. Yeah. Okay. And... That was my first kind of shattered life moment, right? Everything up until that. I'm 18 years old. Just took you completely by surprise. Yeah. You had no idea. Oh, he was the funny, the funniest kid. He loved everybody. You know, 
later find out he he was really dealing with some deep depression and some gotcha. things that yeah. that we know how it works now, sure. you know. Sure. But at the time, I'm like, what? Like, I could have picked 20 people in the world he that would have done that, not him, right? Right. And it again, it shattered my 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 life because mm-hmm. I'm like, this is how life was supposed to be. Everything was fun, or you know, happy, lucky kids, you know, living this great life. And then this happens, like, holy crap! You know, mm-hmm. I was like in la la land, mm-hmm. and we were actually backing out of my my driveway, and all these sirens came flying up the street. And so we're like, oh, let's follow the sirens. This is gonna be fun. Oh my. And so they pull into his house, and I knew his his grandmother was living there. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, she had a heart attack or something happened, whatever. <laughs> and the mo- mom came out, and she was upset. And I just knew something's you weird. Knew something was you know, off, I didn't yeah. know what. My gut was like something's yeah. weird. I got out of the car, and I heard one of the neighbors say, you know get her out of there Casey's downstairs he shot himself and I'm like huh you know yeah surreal 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 yeah. surreal I mean so surreal because again I was in a sheltered little bubble world mm-hmm. right yeah. nothing bad happens to us <laughs> well up to this point up to that point yeah. I mean all of us as, as teenagers we were just goofing around you know and my dad actually was with me when that happened when he was the one that drove up the street with me oh and so he was like, you know, oh my gosh, what are we going to do, right? I, I wish I could have been in his head because he was probably freaking out too. Yeah. But he just... Well, how do you support this family right. in that moment, you know? Well, and his... his you guys all, I mean, the, and everyone his, knows each other. Well, and his son at the time, me, because, mm-hmm. you know, he he was like, what am I going to do? How do I help my son? So he took me on a ride, right? We just started driving <laughs> and hadn't processed anything, right? And uh-huh. I'm just looking out the window like, huh? Yeah, and shock. so well, you're in your, you're yeah, in and shock. shock. Yeah. And so he, I think, one was trying to get me out of the situation, mm-hmm. and two, he took it as a time to say, "Hey, what's going on? Are you okay?" You know, and and he knew. I mean, parents have an inkling on what you're, you're sure. doing. They just didn't want to know, no, right? Right. And so he took it as a time to say, "Is everything okay? Are you struggling mm-hmm. with anything?" And so I just told him, "Hey, I've been, you know, we party, we did this, but I've never, I mean, things are okay. Like I'm not in trouble. You know, I'm actually." it's okay like yeah. i'm not like you know we're all right mm-hmm. and we we drove around for a while and we came back to that house and then all of our friends were there i mean it like spread like wildfire again no cell phones at the time right but it was like poof, didn't take a lot. yeah and i remember hanging out there that night and then well actually it was the neighbors we we stayed at the neighbors down the road mm-hmm. right next door because we couldn't go in the house and and for the next week I just remember being in like, huh? You mm-hmm. know, which was ironic or not ironic, which was bad because it was the end of the school year of my well, senior you had, year. You had no experience with shock or trauma up to this point, no. which is, this is your real first real life experience of what it's like to right. be in, 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 have trauma. Well, and that was supposed to be like the celebration of life, right? I mean, it was senior year. This last week, right. your senior, you're supposed to do all these pranks right. and sure. have fun. Yeah. We had all these trips planned. Right. You know, things were, things were going to be fun. So that week was just, it was bizarre. I mean, we we got together every night with our friends, and I remember a bunch of my friends all smoking pot and being like, "Oh, you know, this we're celebrating to him." And I remember in my head thinking, "What the hell are you guys doing? Like, this isn't matching with the way I think things are going." Right. Yep. 
it just didn't make sense to me. Celebrating for him did not make yeah. a lot of sense. And people were just getting so high at the time. And I remember it just didn't click with me and mm-hmm. it, it pissed me off. So I stopped going to some of the little group things that mm-hmm. we had going. And um, we had a we had the funeral mm-hmm. in the morning mm-hmm. and then our high school graduation that afternoon. All on the same day. It just wow. happened to be wow. that that time. Wow. And yeah, it was that you know, just shook me to my core and just like, I was like, things got to change. You mm-hmm. know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I don't want to do this. Yeah. I, I just need to grow up. Mm-hmm. High school's done. Right. And, and so that summer. What a fascinating a part of, I mean, cause thinking of graduating high school is a big rites of passage. Right. I mean, fun. Right. You know, I mean, as big as, um, sort of like coming home from a mission in oh, this you, culture, right? But you understand what you I'm celebrate saying. celebrate the rest of your life. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, but right. Yeah. I mean, the same kind of thing, it, but it's big, it's, it, it, it's monumentous. And because we don't have these other things built into sure. it. So, and then have this trauma associated with it. Yeah. It was, it was really weird. It was Surreal. Like, yeah. And it was like two things were going on in my life. Yeah. It was just bizarre. So that summer came, and and I it was weird because I had not thought past high school. I mean, mm-hmm. I had like, but I I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know school wise. I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have this plan planned out. I just thought I'm graduating high school and we're living life. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and school was definitely living life. right. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. And and all of a sudden I'm like, I got to figure this out. I'm an adult now, you know, and, and I didn't know what that was. Now at the time I was not doing anything like I wasn't even taking pills mm-hmm. or anything. And I think that was a really a lucky thing because mm-hmm. I was able to fill that, that, that trauma. I was mm-hmm. able to kind of go through that and not be numb to it. I, and it wasn't really wasn't my choice. It was just cause I just, it wasn't an interest to me at the right. time like right. that. I just was kind of almost grown out of it. And, and, you know, that being said, uh, there was times during that summer that I had drank or smoked a little mm-hmm. bit here and there, but I never, it was weird. I was kind of like, felt like I was doing something wrong now. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, this is, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden there was a wrong to it. Mm. So, so I, I, it was weird. I just kind of moved past it and, and kind of came on. Now, at the same time. I met my my wife, which is who I'm married to now. I met her during that week. Fascinating. Right? Is this weird or what? Oddly enough, she had had a very similar story. She had a a friend. Really? That was, she went to a different school, a different junior high. Right. But a week, I think it was a week before, or a week or two Mm -hmm. before, same thing. One of her friends actually had, had committed suicide. Oh my. Right? It was bizarre. And and one of my wife's friends was dating one of my friends. That's how that kind of happened. And I was in one of my kind of laying on the couch like, what the hell's going on, stupors? And they showed up with my friend and him and his girlfriend and her. Mm-hmm. And I met her. I'd known her a little bit through sure. through acquaintances. Yeah. But I didn't know who she was. We never hung out during high school or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And. It was, I just remember talking to her. I think, oh, she's kind of cool. And then she she said to me, hey, I know kind of what you're, you're going through. I've just went through this. I'm like, what the hell's going on in this city? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, this is weird. This is bountiful. Yeah. This doesn't happen bountiful. Right. And, we're, and, in a, we're supposed to be in a bubble here. Yeah, right? we're supposed to be yeah, protected. Right. 
whatever. It's not like what's going down in, in Salt Lake. Right, right. right. It's okay. not not us. Yeah. So so we we kind of hit it off, kind of talked here and there, you know. Mm-hmm. She's a year younger than I was, so she still had a year in high school, high school left. Mm-hmm. And and we we hung out a lot that summer because we were in similar spots, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to hang out. My other side of my friends, sure, they went haywire. Like that, that threw them over the edge. They went off the rails. Uh-huh. So a lot speak. of them, yeah. a lot of them just, you know, went off and, and, and so I kind of had this person out to hang out with that was, that was fun and it mm-hmm. was cool and, you know, she was, she was and neat. You, you shared a similar experience. Yeah. And, when, and I didn't feel like I had to, I wasn't doing drawing. I just, it wasn't a thing. And mm-hmm. she, that was never in her world. Yeah. I mean, that just wasn't even something that she could even fathom. So it just, it wasn't an option. I just didn't do it. And and I really liked her, you know. It came time for her to go to school, go back to school, and and I was working and uh-huh. doing some things, and and we kind of kept dating, and we we dated, but it wasn't like like I've never thought, of, oh, we're gonna get married, you know. <laughs> and and I dated her all through that that school year, uh-huh. and again, that school year. I mean, if I sat down and tried to figure out. How many times I ever even got high? I don't think I could. I mean, they right. probably counted on my hands. Right, know? right. And, and so it, not a lot. Not a lot. Saying, I mean, there were times definitely like, oh my gosh, I just found some more tab or I found this, but it was, it it wasn't a mm-hmm. lot, you know. And so I I really liked her, and after you know school ended, I got thinking, you know, this is cool. You know, it's been a year, and we've you know I like this. I kind of like this lifestyle. I kind of mm-hmm. like what's going on, and. But I didn't know what to do, you know. I'm still, still super young, and and I ended up going to. Um, I always wanted to go to BYU Hawaii. That kind of was in my my mind of to go yeah. surfing and live the endless summer, and you know. <laughs> well, and, you, before it was the endless winter. The now, endless winter. now you, yeah, now yeah. you, now you're willing to make the jump, yeah. into and, the summer sports, right? Okay. And, and I, I grew up, you know, like LDS, and I was. It was like, are you gonna? go to BYU or you're going to, you know, do the mission thing mm-hmm. and what are you going to do? And so I thought going to BYU Hawaii would kind of help me figure that out. Sure. You know, yeah. like, okay, I'm going to put myself in a spot and see if that's what I need to do. Yeah. And I went there and I loved it. It was, it was so fun. I mean, I, you know, surfed, we surfed every day. I mean, I don't even think I wore shoes for like six months. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. And it was, you had made the full transition oh, from the winter sport guy to, dude, you don't to, even know, you know to it the was, beach life. Huh? It was awesome. I mean, literally we just, again, you know, school wasn't part of it because I was able to, to get through things that right. were pretty easy. And, and the schooling over there was, was set up it's a university for a lot of people from the islands to come right. to. Yeah. And so it wasn't very competitive. And so I was able to, again, coast through and kind of just get through. And Well, you have a blending of cultures over there, too. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Well, and, yeah. and really the school was geared to, to help people get into a university that didn't have an opportunity to. Yeah. You know? So... So I remember I took an economics class, you know, and, and by the way, I hadn't picked a major. I was just doing what I'm supposed to do. Well, besides surfing. Yeah, surfing, <laughs> surfing was my major. Surfing and sun. And, and so I, 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 you know, I remember taking an economics class and sitting in there and all these guys are trying to figure out how the slopes of, of this work, of, you know, supply and demand. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting there thinking, 
are they for real? Like, this is the easiest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, they couldn't figure it out. Right. And I right. was like, oh my gosh, you guys, I've been here three times in a month. Like, this is easy. Right. Just do yeah. it, you know? And so I, again, that reinforced in my mind, hey, you don't need to go. Just, just figure it out. Take the midterm. There was a class I showed up twice. Mm-hmm. I took the midterm. I took the final. And I got a B. And so I was like, ah, see, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember I took, I came in for the midterm and the teacher didn't know who I was. And, and he's like, you know, had come up to me and he's like, you know, are, are you on the roll? And uh-huh. I said, yeah. And I, you know, I said, I'm registered. And he's like, well, you haven't been here. And I said, I, I'm good. I'll, I'll, you know, just let me take the, let me take this test and see mm-hmm. how it goes. And I aced it. Yeah, you aced know? it, of course. And, um, and then didn't see him again until the final. <laughs> And he didn't say anything in the final. You just, there you well, go. Well, it's because you Here's did well test. in the midterm. Okay, yeah. So. And, and BYU-Hawaii was different than a, in a different university. Right. It, it's, it was like a high school. So they knew who you were. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I got up to the U. It's not the largest campus. No, no. I mean, it was like 1,800 people. Yeah. It, was, it was like a high school. Yeah. And so when I got up to the U, which was the weird part, is I'd get into class and there's, you know, 200 people in a room. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I wanted to be there. I'm sitting on the front row. <laughs> but when I was in these smaller schools and everything, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to come. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it was, yeah. And, it was two, and, and being in the front row in an auditoriums. Yeah. <laughs> Notoriously. An and part of the conversation. Spot. Right, you know? yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's a different yeah. different dynamic. But yeah, so I went to BYU-Hawaii, and, and I actually loved it, you know? It was mm-hmm. fun, and... and and, you know, I would call my, my girlfriend, you know, my wife. I'd call her on the payphone, like, every night or every other night, you know. And, yeah, well, those of you who don't know what a payphone is, you put a quarter in it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call in the mainland. Yeah. And, you know, I'd throw a quarter in. And, and we'd had, we had email, but it wasn't like it is now, you know. And, right. and so I'd, you know, just call. and You've got mail. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and. You know, I'd, you'd have to walk all the way down. I lived in the dorms, and so you'd walk down and use the payphone and call and mm-hmm. call her house phone, which is bizarre now that we had house phones. You know, <laughs> what's yeah. that? I know what's that. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was cool, and I, I liked it, and I I really kind of was finding myself, and you know, I was you know doing the the church thing over there, and and I just again, I was kind of feeling feeling pretty good, feeling pretty happy, and feeling like life's good, you know. And what the thing is, is I also found the the pot smokers over there and the, the party kids of BYU. Well, know, you were surfing every day. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, but what was funny is what I found out is a lot of the kids that wanted to come to BYU-Hawaii were all the party kids everywhere else across the country that were LDS, which was good and bad, you know? I mean, I saw more pot smoking over there and, and, and drinking and, and crazy parties than... And, and I felt kind of mad because I'm like, I came over here to kind of find myself right, right. And, and get away from this. And right. and I was more involved over there than I ever was. Sure. Well, was, and, but in truth, you're going to see that everywhere. Well, I, mean, I, I figured that out later. By the time you get to college. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but at the time, like, I kind of was mad. Like, yeah. really? Like, <laughs> came to the church school? Yeah, BYU, Hawaii. Yeah. yeah and, sure. and, and I'm really more involved. I, I couldn't get away from it because that was who I hung out with. You yeah. know, it's just what we did. Every night, it was crazy. So that that ended. I, I I realized that I cannot be here. I'm either going to live here the rest of my life, and become a beach bum, or I got to get out of here. Yeah. 
And that was the first time in what, my life. What, when was that? What year? Uh, so I was 21, I think. So how long had you been there when you had that realization? Just a semester. Oh. So I was only there. I went there in December, and, and I came home in like May. Okay. So you did a semester. Did a semester. Realized that you either gonna mm-hmm. gonna be manana. Yeah, I mean, I, I realized, and I loved it. You know, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I loved it. But all of a sudden, it's not really what you wanted. Yeah, and I didn't. I wasn't going anywhere. Right. And all of a sudden, I had got that in me that I need to do something. I need to mm-hmm. do something with my life. I, I, you know, I'm wasting time, and and I really can go back to that moment because uh-huh. I, I hate wasting time uh-huh. like to me wasting time just no i know you know I, that, I know right? you <laughs> like if, if, if there's a meeting and we're like but you, know, you and i are the exact same way on this one i don't like that either yeah, yeah. i mean you know as well yeah. when i'm doing something and something's not going if we're in a meeting and something i'm, I'm out like yeah. let's right. move let's on see. can we move on yeah okay. and so really i can look back to that time in hawaii when i was like okay this nothing's going on i gotta go mm-hmm. like I'm either going to live on the beach and be a bum, which probably wouldn't be bad, or I got to do something. Sure. And and so I came home and I enrolled um, at the U mm-hmm. and just caught on fire. Like, I mean, I started, I went into the business school. Well, I started doing business, hadn't applied to the business school yeah. yet. But I started doing the business stuff and, and I just loved it. I mean, I was killing it. I was doing what I needed to do. I loved school. Like I said, I was sitting on the front row. I mean, <laughs> things were like an interest to me, yeah. and I was I was loving school. You know, I was taking as many hours as I could. Things, things were things were good. They also were starting to somehow find find pills again. You know, they were creeping back into my life here and there, and it was it was Lortab mm-hmm. and, and Percocet. You know, and and I seemed to start finding them more. Mm-hmm. And again, I hadn't bought them. I seemed to start yeah. finding them. It was like they found me. I swear, you know, they started like seeking. You were the me, victim. You know? right? Yeah, right. All, they're just showing yeah. up. They're knocking just on gotta, the door. Just gotta take them. Hello I mean, they just there. show up. <laughs> they, it was weird. I would just happen to find them. Like literally, like I think you know, when people would even say. Hey, you know, I know you like these in the past. You want these, and okay. so I had them. So people were showing up. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they they knew you, either you got high with them at some point, yeah. or yeah. Okay. And and I was starting to hang out with my friends again. Okay. You know, so you're seeing your old friends. yeah, seeing my old friends, and they were st- and a lot of them were still partying and doing their thing, and so I'd go to college, mm-hmm. be the responsible person, go to work, and then go hang out with them on the weekends. You know, but I wouldn't drink, right? I'd just take pills uh-huh. because I'm a good kid. And and they would be and they I think wanted me to enjoy you know the party so they would find them for me like hey I know you're not going to drink here's two Laura Tab what a good friend right? oh my gosh I know I'm you, good friends they took care of you oh yeah they're good friends they're awesome <laughs> they really are and, the truth and, of the matter is they probably were good friends they didn't realize yeah I mean, no and they really were like saying hey we want you to have fun we know you don't yeah, want to do this right. this is your thing yeah. here you go right they wanted to spend time with you yeah. this is the weird part is that not everyone that we used with was was bad or wrong or right. messed up or but they, they actually do some you know we cared about people and they cared about oh us heck too. yeah I mean my some of my, my best friends you know we did a lot of horrible things together but mm-hmm. we were were best friends and I'm still really the good friendship friends. goes yeah. beyond the, the yeah. drugs and yeah. a lot of we were friends before that too which yeah. is crazy you know and so so there was you know it, it got pretty bad but not to the point where I'm like you know like living under a bridge or anything like and it was it was 
it just again just was always there mm-hmm. you know but i was still going to school things were good i was still dating my my wife or my girlfriend at the time mm-hmm. and and things were well you hmm. know i was working i i figured out i needed to kind of have a, a pretty stable job that i could work in the evening so i was still snowboarding every day by the way oh my gosh yeah and so i got a job at hotel monaco yeah. And and I was doing like the the night shift setup stuff, so I could go in middle of the night, do my work, and then be able to get up in the morning, go snowboarding, be done by eleven, be up to Brighton by twelve thirty, do that, and I just that's what I did. I mean, it, it, that was my life, you know. Huh. Wow. And it, it worked, you know. I was still on that track that I'm going to be a pro snowboarder. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to happen. But you you were studying business. Just in case. Just in case. I, I had enough in me that <laughs> ah, I was thinking. there you go. You know, this. There's and, the practical yeah. part. And, you know, there was that that piece of me that I was, like, trying to prove that I, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. to everybody. Like, hey, I am smart. I can go to business school. I can do this. You know, I want to, like, stick it to the man. Like, right. hey, guys, right. I can do this, you know. And I was. I was, I was doing pretty good. And and then it got near, so I, I applied for business school, got in, mm-hmm. and then I started thinking, what am I going to do when I'm done with business school? You know, the the snowboarding thing was starting to, the reality of it was like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> you're going to really make any money doing that, you know? <laughs> and I wanted to be successful and happy. Unless you're at the top tier. Right. I mean, that... that yeah, there's like the the 2%, right? Yeah, right. That, that make it and right. do all these things, but the rest of them, you're just whatever. And... And I was starting to realize I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Uh-huh. I was okay, you know, but I, I wasn't, I mean, there was like a new generation of kids coming through. Yeah. And this is before everyone was doing like five backflips and all the crap right. that you know. I mean, to do a backflip then was cool. Right. And, you know, these kids now were starting to do backflips onto rails and doing all these things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's ever going to be me, you know. <laughs> yeah, the aerial aspect of skiing or snowboarding changed drastically uh-huh. fast. In, in a few years. Yeah, yeah like really. crazy fast. Yeah, and, and they were young. I mean, these kids were like 13, and I was like 21, 22, you know. And I, I, it was like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. So, so I was like, <laughs> uh, you better do this school thing, you know. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out for you. So I I always had a, a drive to want to do like stocks and bonds and mm-hmm. and it's just from reading things and then going to school and the investing part of it. I watched Boiler Room back in the day, you know, which was kind of my generation of Wall Street. Like sure, it was, sure. you know. And so I Oh, and a great film. It's still oh, it's a awesome. classic and it, and yeah. people use it as a business model yeah. for so many in sales oh, it's, for it's so a, many different it's things. It's a good yeah. show, you know. And it I remember watching it thinking, "Hell yeah, I can do that," you know. Now, at the time I was also, you know, taking a lot of pills, you know. So so that overconfident like you know like peace was in there that, uh-huh. you know i can do this and i can oh you know so i was like i'm gonna be a stockbroker this is it you know i i can have a nice car i can make lots of money it's fun i can yell at people you know i can probably take lots of pills you know whatever right i was like this is this is built for me so i started trying to figure out how i could do that and and oddly enough as I was still in school, mm-hmm. I was studying for my Series 7, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the test to sell. Oh, I know. Sell, I, I, yeah, I know you, what yeah. the Series 7 is. And, and, and I was like, 
this can happen, you know? Like, I, I probably could do this. And I, um, I then got hired at, um, at Fidelity. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, you know, we're going to take a chance on you. We know you're still in school. You have X amount of months to pass this test. If right. you pass the test, you're on, and here you go. And I'm like, hell yeah, this is awesome. I'm not even done with and school. They even, and they gave you a retainer too, didn't yeah, they? they yeah. Did. yeah, they did. They did. And 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 a little, you know, cubicle and right, you sure. know, and and I thought, heck yeah, this is it. You know, this is I can I can do this. And and right at that exact same time. Because I was also feeling like, can I do this? I, I knew I could, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like, I'm na- I was on the floor of all these people, you know, and it was busy and all this high testosterone, yeah. and you know, and and then I'm like, oh, shit, am I out of my league? Because I'm still in school, you know. Well, right at the same time, it was like the perfect storm, is when OxyContin kind of had come into the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so OxyContin was was a new thing and I had a friend that he had never tried it mm-hmm. but like the night before he had tried it and and we were always we actually had a friend that went to rehab for, oh, so for you knew someone did. <laughs> yeah and and we were you know it was it was about a year before that and I didn't even know what it was I just knew oxycotton like it was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh right and so he this was, whole new mystery yeah opiate that we and hadn't I, I didn't even know it was an opiate uh-huh. I just knew it was Oxycontin yeah. okay. and so my friend I was with him and he's like hey he's like you know I I, I tried this thing and he's like you'll like it like it, it's you know it's lower tab you just don't have to take as sure. much sure and I'm like eh, I don't know you know our friend went to rehab for that and he's like he's like I know he goes I you know I did it yesterday mm-hmm. Because I was asking if he had any lower time. That's yeah. how this came up. And he's like, "Just here, just try this." I had a little bit left, I, you know, from last night. And I'm like, "What the heck? Whatever." And it was like a little, 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 little chip, you know. Oh my! And and I'm like, "All right, whatever." So I took it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, I didn't have to take four pills to fill this. Right. And, I didn't feel full because <laughs> you take all these pills, you sure. feel like crap, and and your stomach hurts. And I was well, like, yeah, and some of them are filled with you also have a yeah, all the Tylenol in it and right. all the crap in it. Yeah. And this was just straight up the oxycodone. And I was like, wow, this is this is pretty good, right? Uh-huh. Felt good, and and that was that that evening. This was a, a like a Saturday. Hmm. And I woke up the next morning, you know, life, whatever, you know, just going on with the day. And I remember thinking to myself, where can I get that? You know, thinking, like, where can I get that? I had never, ever thought, where can I get Loratab or who can I buy Loratab from, whatever. Because I, I didn't know that that was a thing. Right. I, I literally didn't. Because they always kind of showed up at yeah. your, at your like, they just It was like a mysterious <laughs> thing. And so it was... But this is the first time, seriously, that uh-huh. you entered your mind that I want more of that. Yeah. Like that. And, and I remember thinking to myself, that could be bad. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I don't know, that's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> ding, 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 yeah. ding. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, up leading up to that, I was taking quite a few lower tab, you know. Like, I, could, I know that looking back, I was taking a lot. And it was, but it didn't, 
again, I didn't think it was something bad. I uh-huh. was not drinking. I, I was still that self-righteous kid, like, yeah. hey, you guys are idiots. You're smoking pot. You know? Right, right, yeah. And um, you, you you were you were being righteous. I was about being your, righteous. Your substance abuse. Yeah, I thought I was so cool. <laughs> and at at this same time, mm-hmm. I actually had, I got married. So to I, the woman to the woman I had been dating for. Yeah. So we got married, and and that was why it was so weird because when when we got married, I wasn't doing anything. Right, like everything was clean. I was great. I was. You know, I wasn't doing anything. And again, it just wasn't my thing. I just didn't want to do it anymore. But fast forward, you know, into the getting that job and doing all these things, that's Uh when I started taking the pills again. And then then, then Oxycontin came in. And so we were only married, I think it was like a year or two Hmm. into when I started back up Mm -hmm. and stuff. And and that's when the Oxycontin came in. And this was 2002, three, somewhere in there. Yeah, 2002 or three. And, and so, so I, I, again, I had that feeling to it. I want to take that again, you know? But I was so embarrassed to ask my friend because <laughs> I didn't want him to know that I, uh-huh. I wanted it, you know? Right, right. So I went on this journey of where he got it from. Like, I was kind of, I knew he got it from somewhere. So uh-huh. I was trying to find out where he got it from. And I did. So I bypassed him and kind of went to this other person and uh-huh. was able to get, you know, and, and I bought my first pill, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, wow, I can do this. Which again was another point was like, oh, it's, it's not good if I can just buy this whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And at the time you could, I mean, I swear you could throw a rock and anyone was selling Oxycontin. It was, it was wild well it was, it was the beginning of the market and so yeah there, and there were there was a lot out there and it was everywhere yeah and i mean people that didn't even do it had it yeah because they were making money on it sure it was it was the and it was thing. actually cheaper much cheaper in the beginning at oh this, yeah at this point you're talking about the early 2000s yeah. yeah i mean for like the the 80 milligram pills when i was first getting them they were like 50 bucks yeah by the time i was done they were 80 to 100 bucks yeah it was it was just crazy yeah but so I so I started doing that, and I would buy like one maybe every other week. Like it wasn't like a, a thing mm-hmm. that I mean it was here and there. And again, I would kind of do it on occasions, you know. And I would split them with my friends. I'd do things, mm-hmm. and and again, I kind of was feeling like this is fun, you know. Like this is not a bad thing. It's, right. I'm not doing as much. Right. <laughs> it was so stupid. <laughs> and and I was. Starting to take it more, I, I noticed, mm. you know. But I had these, like, parameters. I'd only do it at night, or I'd only do it on the weekend. I'd only do it on Saturday. You had guidelines. I had guidelines, <laughs> like any good, you know, addict that's going to be like, yeah, you know, I only do it. Here and here and yeah, here. I only do it in, like, 23 hours a day, just not one, you know. <laughs> but I remember a distinct time of my life when I knew shit hit the van. And I was golfing, and well, I was going golfing, and it was like seven in the morning, and I ran back to my car because I forgot my shoes. We were teeing off. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot my shoes. Ran back to my car, and I'm throwing my shoes on, and I remembered, oh, I just had bought a pill the day before. Uh And I'm like, 
I always had a rule like you only do it at night, you only do it on the weekends, right? It's seven in the morning, and I'm like, I'm going to take a little bit, and I did enhance the golf game, right? Yeah, sure. and, and I did, and I remember doing it, and then at the turn after nine holes, didn't the other part, uh-huh. and by the time it was lunchtime, had taken half a pill, which usually would last me a week, you know. Wow, and that was when I was like, oh, this could be an issue. Mm. You know, this this could be. So I stopped instantly, like, no more. Really? Just like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. This is not a good situation. I'm gonna, you know, live under a bridge. It's it's over. <laughs> like my life's over. It you was, went right to the worst. Oh case yeah, scenario. I, I could you, just you, see it. You went right to train spotting. Yeah, train spotting. <laughs> diving in the toilet. Like that was me. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and so I was like, no, I'm done. I can't do this. I actually threw it away. I was wow. I, I was I was over it. You know. And that was during that time I was studying for the series seven, and I just buckled down. I was like, you know, this is it. I'm doing it. So I, I, I actually didn't do it again and i studied 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 and i I took the seven i passed the seven did the 63 took the 63 i passed the 63 got my licenses i was fully licensed and given the keys to now invest people's money (laughs) (laughs) like here you go kid (laughs) and and i was like this is cool i did it you know and and then for whatever reason it creeped back in you know, like it always would find mm-hmm. me. I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna celebrate, you know, right? And and that's when it it just unwind and so unwound and so I I took a little bit more, took a little bit more, took a little bit more, and that was like in the fall when all that happened. Uh-huh. And literally, all of a sudden, I was it was springtime. My family was going to um, Hawaii for a big family vacation. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be gone a week and I don't have any pills. And again, that was that next part where I was like, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Right? And so... Well, you had, you, you had experienced some detox symptoms. Not probably, yet. But no, never. Because I was taking it so much. Okay. And I now I had money, by the way. Uh-huh. Right? Sure. Because I was making... So You're it was like, money. sweet, I can just... I don't care how much it is. Mm-hmm. Give me three. Mm-hmm. And so I was... I was you know, I, it didn't matter. I was kind of invincible and loving it and but when i went to to um hawaii mm-hmm. i stopped you know because i couldn't get it i mean i grabbed a couple but they were gone in a day mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i'm sick in hawaii you you detox yeah you started detox you start withdrawing but i didn't know at the time i thought i had the flu <laughs> and i'm like that's what you told everybody yeah well and and i was so naive that i really thought i was just sick so I get home, and first thing I do, you know, I call up this kid, and I'm like, hey, do you have any pills? And he's like, yeah. So I go over to his house, and we're sitting there talking. And I was telling him how, you know, I was in Hawaii, and I didn't feel good. And, and he's laughing at me. He's like, dude, you were dope sick. I'm like, dude, I don't do drugs. Like, <laughs> not me. I'm not dope sick. No, right? no, no, no. And he's like, no, you were dope sick. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. So I go home and Google dope sick, right? And I'm reading through everything. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like Those are my symptoms. That was me, you know? And I got that scary feeling again, like, uh uh-oh. But I was in so far then, by now, that I I, I needed it, Mm -hmm. which scared the shit out of me. Because I was always the person that could take it or leave it, or I could do whatever I wanted. Uh And all of a sudden, I was looking back thinking, "Uh oh, I'm in in a spot. 
Right. And I was, I was scared. And now I was didn't want anyone to know because I'd cut my really close friends out. They didn't know mm-hmm. that I was as bad as I was. My wife didn't know. My family didn't know. Now they all really knew something. They knew was something up. was something was. I off. didn't know it at the time, but they all knew something was. Yeah. Up. I mean, I would ramble on about crazy stuff and not out, and you know all the all the stuff that you think you're like spot on. Right, but I was right. like, <laughs> 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 and it was, it, you know, it was, it was bad. It just sucked, and and so that again, that went for another went about a year. Went about a year of of straight kind of use. And I told my dad, it was on his birthday, we were driving somewhere to go pick something up, and Uh it was just him and I in the car. And I said, for whatever reason, I had to tell him. It was weird. I hadn't planned on it. Uh And I just had an opportunity, and I'm like, Dad, I got to tell you, I've been taking these pills, and I think I'm in trouble. And I I don't know if I need help or what, Uh but I'm in trouble. And again, they knew something was up. So we went back and told my mom. My mom was kind of like, I don't really want to know. She, you know, it was like one of those, this can't be happening in our family. Right, you know, right, like, yeah. you know, I don't want this to blow up our family. And, right. and, and so I was kind of, and I was, I was ashamed, you know, and, and it wasn't that she didn't care. She just wasn't ready to deal with it. Right. And just, yeah. you know, all of us were like, Oh, this doesn't happen to us, right? right? Yeah, we're up in the bubble on the hill. Yeah. Okay. This doesn't happen to people this like us. This doesn't happen to our family. No, it right. doesn't. Yeah. And and so I, the next day, I went to a, a doctor, you know, and and I, I talked to other people, you uh-huh. know, and they said go to this doctor; he can help you out. And I tried the whole Suboxone thing. Mm-hmm. That was a joke for me. I just you know, kept lying to people, said I was going to go to treatment or to a counselor. Uh-huh. I would go pay the copay and bounce out the back door just so if they checked, they could see that I paid the copay, but I never went to the, the counselor. <laughs> you were good. <laughs> That's awesome. Good I, had it, I had it down, man. <laughs> Later on though, in this industry, I ran into her at a conference. <laughs> Like literally, like I'm like once, you, once, you once, once, you be, once you became a full time, admi- yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I actually had to go out to her. And I said, Do you remember me? And she didn't, but I told her everything, and uh-huh. she was just like, "Oh yeah, I, I I remember." But yeah, so that happened, and and I I I tried the counseling, I tried the treatment stuff. It just none of it worked. You know, I just kept. I was able to lie out of it. You know. Yeah. And and I would have good times of sobriety and things, but I just always was able to weasel out. And what ended up happening is I, unbeknownst to me, some of the, or the pills that I was getting Uh actually were coming from a doctor that was illegally prescribing them. And luckily, luckily I never went to the doctor. I was always so scared to do that, Mm -hmm. but they were coming from that channel Mm -hmm. and I was purchasing them from somebody else. Right. So, you, were them, you were getting them one or two places yeah, down the... Yeah, and so when he, when everyone got in trouble, mm-hmm. I also got in trouble. And so I found myself in some legal problems that, again, doesn't happen to people right. like me. Our family? Yeah, right. right. Up on the hill? And in it was, the bubble? No, it was, it was rough. I mean, there was legal stuff. and and But from that day that that happened... That that's been my sobriety date, and that was <clears throat> that was in two thousand five in in February February mm-hmm. uh, on the on the thirteenth, and 
it, I haven't gone back since. So what happened is I was so ready. I was so ready to change. Mm-hmm. I just needed something to make me change. And so when I finally had the, the opportunity to, to say, Hey idiot, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I went into, I went into an outpatient treatment uh-huh. and I, I, did the whole thing. I, you know, really kind of just found out what I was doing and right. I took a leave of absence from my job. I, I just gathered myself. My awesome wife kicked my ass out. I mean, she said, you're done. I mean, I'm so amazed how much our stories are like just different drugs. Yeah. I it, had no idea you were a stockbroker too. Yeah. 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 I did the whole thing. I mean, it was, and, and again, my wife, well, actually, I knew you were a stockbroker, but I didn't. I didn't put it all together. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it was. It was crazy, you know. And my, I, I actually thought my marriage was done, and it, it I, I, I had ruined it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I deserved it to be done. Well, the old marriage was done. The old marriage. The one was where done. you were. Yeah. You, you were. Where honest. I was lying and I was a yeah. piece of crap. Sure. And and I, I, you know, it was done. Like literally, like I mean, my wife said we are done, and I was kicked out and. Mm-hmm. I had even, I mean, she gave me papers and I uh-huh. signed them and, and I, I thought it was done. And we, I kept trying to, you know, talk to her and do things uh-huh. and she held a strong boundary I and mean, with no coaching. She just, it was like, she knew from the beginning what to do. It was Good awesome. Her. It was. Wow. Yeah. And, and she, she held the boundary she did, and I had to back out and stay away for a while. And, uh-huh. and then, you know, time went on i did some really good work on myself mm-hmm. and i ended up leaving that job i said i can't go back to this right. crap you yeah. know i just it was bad and i went and i helped you know started working with my dad a little bit mm-hmm. just went back to me had mm-hmm. to get, find me you know back to your roots back to bit. my roots yeah. and and months passed and my wife called me one day and she's like hey you want to go to dinner and i was like heck yeah please you know <laughs> like i i mean i was I was a broken person because I, 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 I loved her so much, and I knew that I screwed that up, uh-huh. and I thought it, I mean, could never find that, you know. So we went to dinner, and she um, then broke the news to me that she never handed those papers in, and and things were on an upswing, you know, uh-huh. like everything. Was, How did you react when you first heard that? I'm curious. I was happy. Yeah, I was happy. I, yeah. I fell apart. You know, it was kind of almost like wow. Yeah. Things were so like redemption in yeah. some form or another, and I, right? I was yeah. on that like hell yeah, I'm putting it back together. Uh-huh. And it, you know, I was I was doing well, but I was still dealing with all that legal crap, you mm-hmm. know. And so things are good, happy. And me and my wife decided we're going to start dating again. We didn't like move back in or anything. Yeah, but we started, you started over. You, yeah. you fell back in love. Fell back in love. And and, and with new people, you were you were a new person. Too. Yeah, I was a new person. Yeah. I was a new. Happy, healthy. But the good stuff from the past, but yeah. also, you know, you, you had this new awareness. I was, yeah, I was a new happy, healthy person. Mm-hmm. However, all of a sudden I went to court for the hundredth millionth time. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, you know, this is the pre-sentence. I'd never been in trouble in my life, by the mm-hmm. way. It was, it was not even, you know, a little arrest or anything. And they said, look, because of this and this and this, the pre-sentence report calls for um, like probation and this and that. I'm like, all right, whatever, right? So I go to the sentencing thing, uh-huh. and the judge decides to say that I'm going to jail for a year. And I'm oh, like, shit. what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, this is happening. <laughs> and then it, all I remember it saying is um, suspended sentence, like 90 days, something. 
Next thing I know, I'm getting cops and taken away. Oh, my. And I'm in jail. Nothing I can do about it. Right. Nothing. Like, not a damn thing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, and I, you know, had to do the whole thing. So, I, And I was healthy. I was happy. I was sober. I was happy. Yeah. And now I got put in this negative, negative, negative situation. Uh-huh. And it, I had to dig deep and say, okay. This is this is the test, you know. Like you can either fall back and say F it and you know, all this for for nothing or just get out of it. You know, you you deserve what you've done and mm-hmm. you know, learning experience and figure it out. So I did. Just buckled down, put my head down, and luckily it you know, I mean, I think the people at the jail and whoever else I had all these weird things really happen to me that I still can't explain uh-huh. that ended up good I, I only ended up being there for 10 days this this a notion and I, I know this is a little bit in the esoteric side but like these forces seem to kind of uh-huh. uh, um, uh, come together and 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 all of a sudden begin to like create Work. a whole different yeah. path for you oh and I fell apart when I was in there because I remember thinking mad at the world you know yeah but so, so strong victim stance yeah and, I, and yeah. I was I was like ticked but it ended up being like that last point that I needed. Uh-huh. And, and like I said, all these things worked out. All of a sudden I get a call from, you know, the, the guard people that I had to go meet with somebody. Uh-huh. And I was, they were putting an ankle monitor on me and I didn't live in Salt Lake County. I was in Salt Lake County. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember them saying, you know, you, you know, we're you're going home for an ankle monitor and this and that. And then I remember hearing other people say that they could do that, but they didn't live in the county. Right. So I'm thinking, what is going on, right? Uh-huh. And the guy's driving me to my house, and he's like, oh, North Salt Lake? This is in Davis County. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going back, you know? <laughs> and then he's like, we'll, we'll figure this out. And I took me to my house. I hooked up the little thing. And I had to report the next day to probation. work release. A work release. So I was on work release. Yeah. I was still in jail. It's crazy. But you're on work release. Work release. Okay. Show up there. There's like two different divisions you can work in, like the the garbage and like the 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 groundskeeping or something. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And they're splitting everyone up, and and I'm last. Everyone's gone, and I'm sitting there like, oh, I guess I'm going because you did it at the jail. That's where you had to check in. So I thought. They figured it out. I'm going back in. I got to do my, you know, six months, whatever they were going to say. And then this guy comes out and he's like, hey, or, you know, it says my last name. He's like, come with me. Puts me in this cop car in the front seat, which I thought was kind of weird. Like, hey, you know, like you, you're nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I got a job for you. You, you We've decided you're going to go over to the, um, the evidence, uh, not locker, like a building where they keep all the evidence yeah. when they lock yeah. it up. And we want you to um, kind of, you're going to be like the janitor there and help clean like the SWAT team cars and everything. And I'm like, okay, like, what? Is there other people <laughs> over there? He's like, no, it's just you. We're just, you're going to be alone. And, and you're I'm going like, to clean the evidence room. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> and so they did. And they, they treated me like an employee. Mm-hmm. Like it was awesome. Like mm-hmm. I went in, I clocked in, they let me leave early. They let me go to lunch. And they showed me so much respect. And again, I didn't feel like I deserved it at the time. Mm-hmm. But they were so cool to me because the shame was there. Yeah, you, you, so, shame uh, was so big. Super yeah. Yeah. But they were so cool to me, and they were, you know, I mean, they 
they they talked to me. It was like I worked there, <laughs> and it wasn't like I was in trouble, you know. <laughs> and and again, I think they saw in me something I didn't at the time, <laughs> you know, that I was a good person, but I didn't feel like I was, you know. And they were so super cool to me. I, I detailed like the the mobile command unit that I've seen, by the way, since, you know, I've, you know, when they're having like a big thing on the sure, yeah, right, yeah. clean that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. And I, I did that for, it was like four months. And then I showed up there, you know, forever. And then they released me and, and I, I actually, um, then was able, like my wife, we moved into an apartment and, and things just kept going up, you know. Mm. I had decided to go to back to school. So I'd finished my business degree. Right. But I wanted to be a counselor, so I went and I did the you thing your up at, yeah, did the thing up at the U and started working at Odyssey House and helped develop some of the programming there and, and then just kind of put me with, with my business degree and my, my treatment stuff, I was able to get on this track of building and creating different programs. Yeah. And so I've been able to do that in like four different places. I got had an opportunity to go to Florida and move, yeah. you know open up a program there, and it's it's cool. You know? I mean it, it it took a while for me to finally get to a point where I forgave myself. Uh-huh. And once that happened, life life's been good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions, and then we'll we're gonna wrap it up. Is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so I now that you say that I met you when you first were um, getting the Touchstone, right? Yep, yep. Touchstone program. Yeah, right? Lifestone. Lifestone. Yeah, Sorry, Lifestone. Lifestone. And because um, you had, I think you had left Odyssey uh-huh. like the, just that pre, you know, like six months before yep. that or something. Yep. This was when tu- when um, Lifestone was just getting Brand up new. and going. Yeah. You, had, I mean, I remember going to that building for the first time, and they were just getting everything set up, and they were still doing work on it. Yep. As a matter of fact, yep. they may have been putting the spy in or yep. something. Anyway, yeah, it was brand new. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so you know that the whole thing about redemption is a beautiful thing. I mean, it really is, and it comes in the strangest time, and and a lot of times we don't believe we deserve it because there's this this. Per- this this pretensity to hang on to shame, yeah. you know, and this idea of now in life where you are today. I mean, this so be- so is this is a beautiful story, Corey. And I really thank you for for spending this Absolutely. time to do this. To. You know, w- what is it that brings you joy today? I mean, what is it? Where do you find that today? You know, after all these experiences and all the things you've been through. You know, it, I mean, my my family. I mean, since since that, I've had two kids. You know, I. My wife and I are awesome. I mean, she's my best friend. Uh-huh. I I love hanging out with my family. Uh-huh. You know, I my joy is is knowing I'm kind of jaded because I know that bad things happen. Yeah, but I've had a lot of crazy things that have happened to me, and and I've had a lot of friends. You know, left out that I've had a lot of friends that have passed away. And, yeah, you know, a lot of lost lives have happened to me, uh-huh. and. I, I know that it can always be worse, you know, yeah. and and so I'm usually pretty happy, you know. I mean, there's times where I get down and I'm sure. sad and I'm upset with some things, but I just I just love life, you know. I mean, I'm it, it's fun. Like I, I mean, I try to every day try to do something that's fun. You know, I uh-huh. love running. I love you know golf. I love hanging out with my kids, my friends. I mean, I just you, you are you're you're a trail runner too. So yeah, I you've love been it. doing off road running for. 
Yeah. Gosh, as long as long as I've known you, I yeah. think actually, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if it's a punishment, but it's <laughs> it's good. But, but but to just go out in the middle of nowhere and run and uh-huh. and and just view things and see things and 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 also push yourself. You know, mm. I've learned that doing that you can you know you do things that you don't think you could do yeah and that's part of my my past you know i I didn't think i could crawl out of all that but i i did and and when i go out and and run you know a bunch of miles into the middle of nowhere Uh i mean i I always kind of think to myself that i'm one doing it because it's fun and i love to be out there but the further i can like push to do something mm-hmm. that my body's not supposed to it kind of gives me a, a head a, a push in the race of anything catching up yeah. so when i'm running i'm thinking oh hell this is the stupidest thing i hate it <laughs> i just think you know what this is i'm, I'm, I'm just a little bit more ahead of of the, of the shit catching up right yeah yeah well this probably leads into the next question which is you know how do you how do you find your zen zone is the term i use in here which you know you know how do you get connect with that zen spot and maybe those two tie in together you find the same place so. when when i find myself anxious or overworked mm-hmm. or, or whatever mm-hmm. i just throw my my shoes on and i take off like i'm i'm into the mountains mm-hmm. you know and, and sometimes with no direction i just know i'm going to go run and and some, I mean, I do a lot of music. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh-huh. Sometimes I just switch it off and just go out there. And and I love it. Like, it puts me into this kind of zen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there. I'm doing my thing and and just being with nature. And, you know, I mean, there's times if, if people see me out there, they probably think I am high because <laughs> I'm doing weird stuff sometimes. But you are high, but that's yeah. a different high. But I mean, right? there's yeah, times, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, like, yeah, got my arms out, yeah, and I'm like, kind of looking yeah, up, and I'm running down, and it's, it's, yeah. So I'm sure if anyone sees me, they probably think I'm crazy, but. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you are, but in a good way. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. Crazy little, after little all weird. these years, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, and I told you I was going to ask you this question because um, I appreciate you being a good sport hanging out so long. Um, if there was a song uh, or songs that uh, you believe would represent, you know, or have some deep meaning to you or represent your life in some way or have some importance to you, uh, do you have a, you have a song or two that, that well, uh, have meaning for you and, and represent sort of your journey in some way? And if so, what? Well, way? so the journey, and I always, I'm going to have to look the name of the song up and you'll, you'll have to, you can never remember it, but it's a Hoopastank song that was back in that time that seemed to always come on uh-huh. when, when I was going through all my crap, you uh-huh. know? And, and it, um, I just, my, my brain's That's okay. dying, but I'll get it to you. But, it, it always would come on, you know. Do you and, remember the artist? Or? Yeah, Tupestank. Is oh. Artist. Yeah. Oh. And and I'll 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 get you the name. I just can't remember right now. Okay. But it, it always came on. It was weird. It was one of those that it followed me, and still to this flipping day, because it was a hot song during the time. Sure. When it comes on, I'm like, gosh, you know. And and it's it, it's a good song, you know. Yeah. I used to always think that it was the it was by Lincoln Park but it wasn't until you know I later looked it up but but yeah it it was weird it was weird but there's also um, anything by Blind Melon really? yeah so any anything by Blind Melon for some reason like yells to me 
It's weird. Fascinating. Yeah. And, and I mean, every album, every, it's, yeah, Blind Melon. And, and I don't know if it's... You're going to let me pick that cut? Please. There, okay, please. I mean, there's changes. There, all the songs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, anything by Blind Melon okay. is, is, is the one. And it's partly his story. Partly True. when I was going through it, it got me through all my crap. Uh-huh. It's what I listen to when I need to kind of feel bad about myself. <laughs> Or or feel good about myself, yeah. but like I mean, you know, change the change of song is probably one that always kind of the change of song. You know, is good. I mean, and that you know that's kind of like cliche, but it is, you know. All but anything, anything by Melon. Okay, all right, all right, man. Thank you so much for yeah. coming out today. I'm so glad we did this. Absolutely, it's been it's fun. It's been, it's been, been a long time coming. Yeah, it was good. All right, um, we will go out as we always do with a little Joan Osborne. Have a great week. Thank you. Thanks, Corey.